Welcome to this week's edition of the NinersNation.com Better Rivals Podcast. My name is Oscar Aparicio, and this week it is a draft preview with the ringers Danny Kelly. Kirk Cousins said he prefers two or three tight ends and a fullback, so we know that he's the best quarterback alive. Uh, and with me this week to tell us how his love for food derailed his pro football career, it's David Newman. Oh, man. Who was, who was that again? Which player was that? Mackay Becton apparently uh, loves to cook. Oh, right. And a, a, an anonymous scout took him off the board because, you know, you can't have an offensive lineman love to cook. That would be absurd. Absolutely insane. Yeah, you can't, yeah. You can't have any other interests. It is football and only football. Yeah, can't do it. Cannot do it. Um, yeah, so, okay, let's talk a little bit about uh, the Patreon because we've got a Ashton yep. Davis scouting profile. It is live, uh, so if you want some in-depth report on a defensive back that we haven't covered on the pod so far, definitely go there. We have a first gauntlet episode from Richard, which is up there as well, so Richard's making his return exclusively on the Patreon. Uh, definitely check out that additional bonus content if you go to patreon.com forward slash better rivals. Uh, you can take a look there. The other thing is that I'm, I'm we got a new board as well. Um, I got a Rode Procaster, and I'm trying to figure out how it works. So if this sounds like crap, uh, blame the hardware. Sorry about it. But this week, we've got a really special guest. We've got Danny Kelly on to talk about basically all the positions that we didn't want to talk about. So I'm glad that he's here to talk about defensive tackles uh, and the positions we didn't get a chance to get to, get to just from a time perspective in terms of corners. Uh, so it's, it's good to have him on. It's a really good interview. I'm glad uh, that we got to spend some time with him. Yeah, it's always a lot of fun to talk to Danny. I mean, um, just it's it's fun because he brings that Seahawks perspective as well. So, you know, uh, especially for the, some of the things that we talk about, you know, really good feel for like what type of players that the 49ers are going to be looking for um, and, and kind of how, you know, they the, the type of guys they want to be able to fit in that system. So, um, yeah, always a lot of fun to have Danny on. All right. So the rundown this week is going to be really quick. It's really just going to be one story because – the Wall Street Journal tells me that the Niners actually won by losing the Super Bowl, uh, and, and I am triggered. I'm incensed. Uh, apparently, basically, it goes back to when the Super Bowl parade would have been. Santa Clara County had two confirmed cases of COVID-19, and San Benito County had a person, it's, it's a nearby county, had a person-to-person transmission confirmed the morning of Super Bowl Sunday. So at that point, community transmission is out in the Bay Area, and now you have anywhere between 500,000 to 1.5 million people there for a parade. Seems like a pretty wide delta, but that's the number that they, that they reported in, in Wall Street Journal. I'm like, hmm. Just, you know, 500,000, give or take a million. Yeah, exactly. It's like, okay, whatever, bro. Um, but yeah, apparently Philadelphia had a very similar type thing where they had like a pro-war parade in 1918, uh, and it's, according to the Wall Street Journal, still remembered as one of the most regrettable events in American history. Um, I didn't know that anyone had remembered the event, let alone <laughs> remembered that it was regrettable. Uh, and, and yet 200,000 people apparently showed up for that parade and uh, they all promptly died of the Spanish flu. I mean, to be fair, that sounds pretty terrible. Yeah, defense. that sounds sounds pretty awful all things considered but yeah so uh do, do you do you buy this idea that the Niners like basically what I'm asking you is would you sacrifice like 20 percent of that give or take a million people for for oh a my, ring oh my god that is such a completely fucked up question you you are uh, Thanos at this point you can snap your fingers and you get you get <laughs> one more you get one more stone in your hand 
ah, I mean, shit, I really want that Super Bowl. But like, wow, that's also like, that's like, there's a lot of real people there that that I are know. not gonna. I end think up given so well. given the fact that this pod is happening remote. And we are staring at each other via the internet. I think we both know what we would have chosen. I think. <laughs> I, I have nothing else to add. Yeah. I'm going to stop there. Don't get fired. <laughs> From your own pod? From my own pod. <laughs> oh, goodness. All right. Well, let's get to that interview with Danny Kelly because we talk through a lot of what he would do at the top, what he doesn't want us to do as a Seahawks fan, some wide receiver talk, some defensive tackle talk, and even some cornerback. So uh, here is our interview with the ringers, Danny Kelly. Danny Kelly, the dark knight himself. How are you doing, my friend? (laughs) I'm doing well. How are you guys doing? Doing really good. Uh, We are super pumped to have you on. Uh, You know, the the rivalry runs deep back from the field goals, (laughs) Niners Nation days. You know, I feel like I'm looking at myself in the mirror from a rivalry perspective, uh, and I'm not sure that I like what I see. I'm not sure that I like what I see. Yeah, why did you why you ask me on? A dumb Seahawks fan, come talk about the 49ers. I know it's it's a rough life. This podcast stuff. <laughs> We're really but, hoping you know that what? enough people have forgotten about the Seahawks stuff, and we can just kind of move on <laughs> from that point. Yeah, yeah. Wow, shots That's fired. Kind of, it's yeah. kind of water <laughs> under the bridge at this point. Yeah, Seahawks don't matter. Shots fired. Wow. David coming you in hot. You guys have Richard Sherman now, for crying out loud. The the world is literally upside down. It is backwards. We're going to talk to you about corners in the yeah. long-armed Pete Carroll mold. I mean, it's it's lots of stuff. But, Danny, you do lots of wonderful work, draft work specifically on The Ringer. Uh, you've got a podcast about fantasy football, which if you're a fantasy football player in any way, shape, or form, it is a must-listen. So it's definitely good to have you on to talk about Defensive tackles, uh, cornerbacks, and a little bit of wide receivers. Frankly, defensive tackles, we didn't want to talk about them. So we figured, you know what? Let's have Danny do it. <laughs> Fair enough. I'm excited. All right. So right off the top, Danny, uh, I want to know, what would you do with 1 in 31? Because you had a wonderful video, actually, that I watched yesterday sitting on the couch uh, with some dark metal overtones. Uh, I loved it. The <laughs> yeah. production team over at the Ringers putting out some good stuff. Uh, but you oh, said yeah. optimal situation would be CeeDee Lamb and Jalen Johnson. Uh, tell us a bit about why you think that's the optimal situation for the Niners in the first round. So I just really like CD lamb. I mean, I know that um, I think you could make an easy argument for Jerry Judy for the 49ers as well. Obviously both of those guys are going to end up being, you know, one a and one B essentially for me. Um, But if you grab uh, one of those elite receivers at that spot, I think that just gives you a huge, huge boost in the offense. Um, Felt like the 49ers were messing around with different, um, you know, versions of their, their offense last year with getting different receivers in there. Obviously Dante Pettis was a big disappointment. So um, getting in a guy like a, a number one type receiver to pair with Debo Samuel, I think would be really, really helpful. Obviously, you know, and then George Kittle can just dominate in the middle of the field, but if you got Kittle Debo and then a guy like uh, a guy like lamb, I, the, the reason I went with lamb in particular was because he's just so good after the catch. And that's kind of a big staple of the 49ers offense. Obviously, um, George Kittle is the yak God and getting another guy like that is just going to make them so, so dangerous. Debo's obviously very good after catch as well. So, um, if I'm like, so from a Seahawks fans point of view, if you guys get lamb, I, it's going to be devastating for me. So that was kind of one, of, one of the big reasons that I picked him for that, just because I think he's that good and he, and he would be such a big impact player early on. Do you think that's actually going to be, do you think Lamb's going to be available or do you think he's going to go before that? And, and if he's not available, then what, what do you do with that pick at 13? Uh, and before, and we'll get to Jalen Johnson in a second, but what would sure. you do with, with 13? So 
I think there's a chance Lamb is available. Obviously, you know, it's hard to predict anything in the draft, but um, if there's an early run on tackles, which I think there is going to be, if there's an early run on quarterback, which I think is certainly possible, if you have three or four quarterbacks going in the top 10, then that's going to push other guys back. You're going to have potentially, you know, like Isaiah Simmons, Okuda, those guys are top 10 picks too. And so I think those, um, the receivers are going to get pushed back into like that 10, 11, 9, 10, 11, 12 spot. I think the Browns are going to take a tackle. I think the Jets are likely to take a tackle. And then the Raiders are the one team, I think, that can really screw things up for the 49ers in terms of if they really want Lamb. Um, but who knows what the Raiders are going to want because they would certainly love Judy. I think they could even maybe go with the wild card, grab rugs. I do think it's pretty plausible that Lamb will be there at number 13. If he's not, one guy that I've been kind of pairing with the 49ers throughout this process is uh, Javon Kinlaw, who I think is – you know, not necessarily a spitting image of DeForest Buckner, but he's the same style of player. And he can get in there and, and start playing right away, take that spot. Um, he brings that length, power, basically everything that, that Buckner was giving you. But I mean, obviously he's not gonna be Buckner right away, but he has he's like that, I guess, poor man's version early on in his career where you can keep the defense going. I, I, one of the big things I think about the 49ers last year was just how good, how dominant, how deep that defensive line was. And I would think they wouldn't want that to change. And so um, that's another guy that I've been really kind of thinking makes a lot of sense that spot. As a Seahawks fan, would you rather the Niners get Javon Kinlaw or Derek Brown, who in the ringer mock draft is mocked to the Niners yeah. or, or <sighs> lamb or Judy? <laughs> I guess, I guess I would say I'd rather have them take Brown just because there's been so many question marks around Brown right now. I think maybe that makes him have a little bit higher bust factor. If that makes any sense. Like he didn't, he wasn't very athletic. Um, at the combine, or he's far less athletic than people are expecting. Um, there's a chance that he won't develop into like a high end pass rushing defensive tackle. Um, I think he, I think he will, but I think this, these are the things that people are worried about with Brown. And so maybe he has a few more red flags than those other two guys. And so I guess I would, I guess I would go with Brown, but I actually have Brown ranked above Kinlaw or I, I will have him in my final in my final rankings, just one, I think one spot ahead. So they're right there, neck and neck. I feel like that's the ultimate test is what does your opponent not want you to do? And, <laughs> right. and that's, and that's really what you should do. Now, before we move off of the wide receivers, I, I want to talk a little bit about LaVisca Chenault, because that's someone you thought the Niners could pair with someone like a trade out and maybe still get Jalen Johnson and then get LaVisca Chenault at the end of the first. He's not someone that we covered in our wide receiver preview. So what is it about his game that you really like? And why do you think he'd be a fit in the, in the Shanahan system? I actually think with the way that things have gone for Chanel in the post-draft process, you could maybe get him, you know, and this is assuming you guys have picks in the second and third round. Cause I know that um, as it stands right now, you might need to trade back to pick up some of those, those rounds. What, what you guys have two first and then the next one is like a fifth or something. Uh, that's exactly yep. right. Uh, it's, yeah. it's called mortgaging the future, my friend. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it's, it's basically one uh, or 13, 31, whole lot of nothing. Uh, and then a couple yeah. of fifth round picks. So, that was another reason on the video on the, the metal draft video that I said the maybe a likely scenario is trade out of that 13 spot and pick up like a second, third, fourth or whatever, a couple, couple spots in there. And I think you could get Chenault in 
the second and potentially even the third round at this point because he's just got, I think, the injury issues have cropped up. Um, he's been hurt multiple times during his career in college. He's been um, – he had to pull out of the combine because I think he tweaked something, and then he had core muscle surgery. So there's just a lot there. His playing style is potentially a little bit one of those things that, like, you could you could end up getting hurt more often because he's just very, very physical, very, very aggressive – He's almost like a running back, and that's actually similar to you know the Debo Samuel, I guess, scouting report is when he gets the ball in his hands, he's like a running back. And so that was why I kind of like the idea of Chanel. I think he has the ability to get deep. He's He's got that deep ball prowess that um, makes him more than just a gadget type player. And so, and, and I, you know, every time you have a guy that has a hybrid skill set or a multiple skill set, my first default is like give him to Kyle Shanahan. And because he's going to figure out ways to get him involved. I'm so glad Debo ended up with 49ers from a um, purely, you know, draft analyst point of view, because I loved the skill set and he landed in the perfect spot. I think where you know, team is going to really exploit his skill set. So I think that's the same deal with Chenault because I think they could use him as like a goal line runner. Kind of, I think what they have in mind with Hurd, and I know that Jalen Hurd is kind of, um, or not Jalen Hurd is what it, now I'm like Jalen Hurts and Jalen Hurd. I it's, keep getting Jalen Hurd. It's Jalen. Yeah, okay. I, I just double check myself because I'm like, wait, that sounds very, very similar. Um, I know he's got some some injury concerns going forward, you know, so maybe that doesn't really make sense for them to take Chenault because he's another kind of injury injury concern type guy. But skill set wise, he's very, very versatile, and I think just getting him into the Shanahan offense would be a lot of fun. David, do you think that Chenault would be a good fit given some of the skill guys that the Niners already have on the roster? Um, I think you need – I mean, the, the point that Danny makes about, like, Shanahan being a guy that's always going to, like, have a plan for how to use that guy, right? Like, that's one of the things that he does better mm-hmm. than maybe anybody else, which is is just get the most out of the guys that he has at the skill positions and, and really put them in positions to succeed. So, I mean, yeah, I think – if he to me yeah he's a guy that if you take him you need to have a clear plan because i do think that um yeah while he is absolutely insane once he gets the ball in his hands and and like you mentioned he really does and a lot of times like look like a running back i think you could probably even use him as a running back a good amount if you wanted to yeah. uh i think the the <laughs> receiver stuff is uh still more of a work in progress and so i think he's a little bit different from you know, you, you're going to expect different things from him than obviously like the guys that you're talking about at 13, like Lamb and Judy or even even Rugs to a degree. So, um, yeah, I think the fit would be would be interesting. You know, you would trust Shanahan to be able to make the most of it, but it is a different type of prospect for sure. Yeah, so overall, when you're talking wide receivers, uh, who do you think is going to be the best wide receiver? And this is not limited to just the top guys, right? This is the wide receiver class as a whole. Who do you think the, the best wide receiver is going to be next year? Oh, like early on, like who can make the most impact early? Yeah. So like you've got one year and that's it. Yeah. Who's the best wide receiver who you taken? That's a good question. I, I lean Judy. Okay. And the reason I say that is because he's just such a good route runner. So precise route runner. And, um, you know, like David was saying, you have to kind of bake in a little bit of development time for a guy like Chenault, I think, um, maybe even lamb because he's coming from that spread offense. And, and I don't know, maybe there's something there, but Judy to me is just like, 
ready to go. He's a really good route runner. He's really, really good after the catch. You can get him involved in multiple different ways. He's good deep. Judy in the Shanahan offense would be a lot of fun too because I think he's also one of those guys that can get behind a defense on like play-action plays. So, you know, again, he's a great fit for the 49ers. I think both of those guys really would fit Lamb and Judy. Now, Um, same question. players, but yeah. Same question, but for the next five years and for the next 10 years. And you, now that you've already used up Judy uh, for oh, next no. year, you can't reuse Judy. Wow. Wow. That is, we're making up rules on the fly here. This is good. Um, this is a good test. I think Lamb is a, the 10 year. I'm going to go with him because I think he'll have a really good long career. Um, best in five years, maybe Justin Jefferson, just because he is so dominant in the slot. I think that every offense can use a guy like that who is really good in traffic. He can go up and get the ball, you know, pluck it out of the air, pluck it over defenders. Um, just a gamer, very confident, good hands. I, I don't know. I just really like Jefferson. He's got maybe a little bit lower ceiling than some of these other guys, but his floor is high, and I think he's going to be a really good player um, for, you know, the next five years. Like you said, and he, I, I keep comping him to Doug Baldwin, like a long version of Doug Baldwin. Um, and, and I've heard a lot of people call him Keenan Allen too, like a, like a Keenan Allen comp. So, you know, I, I just think he's got a, a really high floor. He should be able to start contributing pretty early. You really like over routes, especially from the <laughs> slot that are wide open. It seems like Dan Kellen, it's going to be on your brain from here to four. Uh, let, let's talk a little bit about defensive tackles because it's not something we've covered in earnest. And, and we talked a little bit about, you know, kind of, uh, Kinlaw and Brown, and those are two of the top defensive tackles, but if you're going to take a defensive tackle at 13, uh, you know, are those the only two that you should consider? Or are there others that are in that same talent stratosphere? If indeed you want to break our hearts uh, and draft another defensive <laughs> lineman on the interior, because, you know, you can't have too many first round defensive linemen. <laughs> right. I don't think I don't think anyone else is worth taking at that 13 spot. Um I would say there's a couple guys that are in theory worth taking at the 31 spot if you want to stay there or in the second if you trade back. Um, Ross Blacklock from TCU is a really interesting player. Neville Gallimore from Oklahoma. Actually, they're kind of cut from the same cloth. Very, very explosive first step. Um, They're kind of, I think, like penetrating three technique type players, guys that can win with their first step explosiveness and athleticism. Um, Both of them, I think, need to develop a little bit from a technique point of view and they didn't finish as much as you'd hope for in college. But I think the athleticism is there to, like I said, turn into that really disruptive interior three technique. That's going to, you know, shoot gaps, um, against guards. And so those two guys to me are the, the ones to keep in mind at, at 31. So if we kind of pretend for a minute that, yeah, they don't go at 13, which I think both Oscar and I hope they do not go like that in defensive interior route, uh, early on mm-hmm. there, what do you think is so like, yeah, obviously they're right now in like a bad spot as far as day two picks, right? Two, two through four, they're blank right now. Um, if they <laughs> do end up trading back, like what is the point that you think like that next group of guys? So like some, you know, the names that you just mentioned there, like wh- where does the, do you think like all of those good defensive interior players are gone? So if they're going to trade back with the idea that they're going to target an interior defender there, like, what what do you think is like the sweet spot for value to find one of those guys? I, I think probably like mid second round 
in the 50s or so, like 40s and 50s. And I think you could add guys like Marlon Davidson from Auburn, um, Jordan Elliott from Missouri as types of players that the 49ers might be interested in. I've heard they're interested in Raekwon Davis from Alabama, who is not as much of a pass rusher, but he's just huge, really long, tall guy that can kind of take up space in the middle and, and defend the run really, really well and push the pocket and things like that. So I think he you can get him too. I don't know where his range is, to be totally honest with you, because I have him at 80 and there's some whispers that he'll be like a first rounder. So I, I don't really know exactly where he's going to go. The NFL is hard to, to predict. I'd, he's more of like a late second, third round type player. Um, but you just never really know. You know. It really is too bad that the Niners don't have more mid round picks because I do think that interior line is it, it can be a need. But that's something that you don't need to spend first round capital on, I think, in today's yeah. NFL. You just don't. You can find some of these players a little bit later and you can plug them in and make them look a little better when you have players like Eric Armstead and Bosa uh, and Ford around them to a certain degree. So, you know, I think it was good to have that many first rounders on the defensive line. And maybe Pete Carroll wants, you know, that kind of texture as well. Sometimes it looks like he's going after that old school football, but I just don't know that's where it is smart to spend your capital. Where it is smart to spend your capital is on cornerbacks. And so I want to talk a little bit about Jalen Johnson because that's someone that you think could fit the 49ers. And, and you know the cornerback model that the Niners are going after because you know, Robert Sala was with Seattle. You know, it's that kind of Seattle cover three. The prototype went from Seattle to San Francisco. So what is it that you want or what is it that you see in Jalen Johnson that you think makes him a good fit for the Niners defensive system? So I don't actually, you guys can maybe tell me this better. Do they have a proven sort of like it's it they're off their board if they're less than 32 inch arms no no not really it's not as it's not as tight because you've got like dj reed he's a little shorter he's a little smaller but and he was drafted to kind of play the slot even though he's probably better on the outside they're Mm -hmm. not as hard and fast as maybe pete carroll was but they certainly prefer it I think they've moved right. off of it in the last couple of years because I think Akella Witherspoon and Emmanuel Mosley were more like, yes, we need that length. I think a little bit later, you're th- they're probably thinking, you know what? We just need cover guys, and that's what led them to like <laughs> right. Jason Verrett. Right. Um, so, yeah, the reason I ask is because Johnson actually falls slightly under. I think he's like 31 and a 3 or something like that. So it's not he, – he doesn't have the 32-inch arm. So I do think he has a long like frame that has enough length to be – you know what the what the 49ers what the Seahawks are all looking for in that type of player he can get up there and he can play press he's physical he's big um you know he's big enough anyway and I think the ability to play off he can play up he has you know good loose hips to kind of like turn and run um he gave up like he was actually very very stingy in in coverage it's kind of interesting that he hasn't gotten more more buzz I think because he's probably going to be I think he'll be a late first rounder. Um, but yeah, he, he's, you know, good ball hawk. He can get his head around. He can find the ball. He's stingy. He, he's like a savvy coverage defender. Kind of everything that you want from a corner. He's he's just not like as sexy as some of the other top corners in the class. I think he hasn't gotten quite as much hype, but I think he's a really good player. Yeah, I think uh, Trayvon Diggs is slowly becoming one of the guys that that hopefully I think is available in at the bottom of the first if indeed the Niners are able to get a tackle or a wide receiver at the top of the first round. Cause I, I really do like his game. I think he's kind of almost custom built for the 49ers system, 
But what yeah. other what other cornerbacks are available? Maybe in, at the back end of the first, or, or maybe even at pick thirteen. If you think you know what, let's just throw a monkey wrench in everything and say go corner, uh, and maybe even trade out of thirteen, pick up a couple extra second, uh, or maybe even you know an extra first rounder and and get someone else. What are the other cornerbacks that you think would be good fits for the 49ers? So CJ Henderson at number 13 is maybe an interesting fit for the 49ers. I think he's, you know, another guy who's long and, and angular type body type and very springy footwork. Um, he didn't, he didn't have as good of a 2019 season His 2018 season was a lot better. Um, but I think he's got like the athletic upside to be really good in that scheme. And and if he's there at 13, they might have to think about it. I would, I would say they'll probably because of the depth of the class, they probably want to wait and, and grab like maybe if, if they trade back, they can get a guy like Jeff Gladney at number 31, who I think is good. He's a little undersized, maybe not the perfect fit for the, the quote Seahawks slash 49ers scheme. But I think he's a really, really fun player, like very, very physical, very aggressive, a lot of swagger. Um, the other guys, I think that fit the scheme, maybe Christian Fulton from LSU. Like he's, you mentioned Trevon Diggs, um, who is very long and, and athletic. I think he's, he's a little more raw, but he could be a fit too. Um, AJ Terrell from Clemson, I think has the length to be that type of player. He's like a long, skinny, very fast athletic guy that plays the ball at the, at the catch point really well. So. Those are some that come to mind. And then also Bryce Hall, if you're looking a little bit later, um, maybe I think in the second or third, probably in the third round, I'd say is, is where Hall is going to go. But what do you um, got in the he, fifth round, Danny? Fifth round. What's that? What do you got in the fifth round? <laughs> no, I was actually going to ask fifth you about, about Bryce Hall. Um, I, I think he's like an interesting guy because he lost, um, you know, a lot of what the majority of this last season due to injury. Um, I remember yeah. watching him just a little bit. Like I, I, I did a couple of his games for PFF and um, remember him kind of standing out a little bit. I haven't had really a chance to go back and, and watch him in more detail, but yeah. What do you, what do you think about hall compared to uh, you know, maybe some of those other guys that you mentioned, do you think it's the slide mm-hmm. is largely injury related or, or do you think it's more, you know, he's not quite at the same ability level, even when he is fully healthy. I think it's, a lot injury related. There's maybe he, he had, he actually led all of college football in 2018 with 21 pass breakups. So I remember coming out of last season hearing about him and, and people were talking about him as a potential future first rounder. It doesn't look yeah. like that's going to happen if obviously now, but um, you know, there's, there was that talk of him having that skill level and he just didn't have as good of a season in 2019. He missed a lot of time with an ankle injury, but I think the deal with him is he's he's really comfortable, really good playing off coverage, kind of keeping an eye on the quarterback, breaking on passes. He's got that 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 savvy where he knows kind of like how route combinations work. Similar to Richard Sherman, actually, in the way he kind of like, you know, reads the quarterback and kind of knows where the routes are all going. That's, I think, how he was able to make so many plays on the football in 2018. Um he might have the other thing that's kind of keeping him from being a first round type player, I think is that he, he might not have like elite deep speed. Um, yeah. but with the way that he plays and, and his length, I think that kind of makes up for it. I think he's going to be a good pro. All right, Daniel. Well, in terms of draft recap, that's what we've got. We want to move on to another segment that we love to call the lightning round. It's 
a segment where we basically just fire questions off you really quickly and you got to jump and give us the first thing that jumps into your head. We've got no time for second thought. We've got no patience for pause, Danny. We want you to just first thing. pressure. Oh, wow. uh, We want you to feel all of the pressure. Imagine (laughs) that it's fourth down and you have to score a touchdown in order to win the division and maybe get a buy in the playoffs. And instead, you're facing down that Niners defense. This is the kind of pressure I want you to feel, Danny. (laughs) Fair. Fair. (laughs) I'm ready. All right. So, number one, what is the best cheeseburger you've ever stuffed in your mouth? Go. (laughs) Man, I would say a Dick's Burger when I'm drunk and at like 2 a.m. in the morning or yeah you know just like getting out of the bars or whatever there are too many there are too many jokes i'm not going to make them but that may make it into our drinking game uh i will tell you because that's that's too that's too good uh is that like a national chain fast food what's going on it's a, yeah it's a seattle chain uh or okay. washington or whatever yeah gotcha gotcha all right uh now we're going to talk a little bit about scouting terms because we know that you <laughs> much like us are aficionados of some of these ridiculous terms that make it in the scouting report so we're going to ask you to pick one or the other would you rather a player with Oily hips or a player that's a glass eater? <laughs> glass eater. All right. Would you rather a heavy-legged waistbender or someone with a bad face? <laughs> bad face. <laughs> <laughs> these, these, are, these are real. I'm not making these up. These are real. Yeah. Uh, would you rather a tweener or someone with sand in his pants? Sand in his pants. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds terrible. Jesus. Oh, we so just good. ate a Dick's burger. Uh, yeah. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, saying that's that's what happens after you eat a Dick's burger. Apparently, oh, God. Uh, all right. Click and close or bend and burst. Oh, bend and burst. All right. Uh, and lastly, uh, would you prefer a lunch pail or a hard hat? <laughs> oh man, lunch pail. All right. Shout out to Trent Taylor on that one. Uh, all right. Finish order for the NFC West in 2020. Go. Oh no. Um, 49ers. Seahawks, Rams, Cardinals. Oh, God. No, 49ers, Seahawks, Cardinals, Rams. Oh, man. I knew you were a lifelong Niners fan. Lifelong Niners fans right here. You heard it here first, (laughs) Danny Kelly. Uh, What is the prospect that no one is talking about that 49ers should key in on in the draft? Oh, good question that no one's talking about. Let me pull up my list of some later round dudes here. I know that you guys really don't need a running back, but Darrington Evans from Appalachian State would be so much fun in the 49ers scheme. Um, I don't know if he really counts as someone that no one is talking about, but he's a lot of fun. Um, And then let's see here. Maybe pull out a different position. Uh, Terrell Terrell Burgess from Utah is a lot of fun. I recently just watched, like, got to do his scouting report, and um, he kind of moves all over the formation. He's sort of like got the honey badger thing where he can play safety. He can play up in the box. He can play on the edge, do all kinds of stuff. Um, really, really fun player. So he's another, I guess, like really uh, versatile kind of lunch pail guy, if you will. Uh, lunch pail or hard hat, perhaps. Uh, all right. <laughs> he's got good clicking clothes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> last two questions one and you may have already double dipped here but the player you most want to see coached by kyle shanahan not necessarily someone uh-huh. who the niners could get but just who you think would be like man i really want to see him coached by shanahan yeah i would say uh the first one would obviously be chenault and then that's a really fun question and i'm hold on let me pull up my list here um it's not gonna be chenault i think lynn bowden or, okay, I got two answers, Lynn Bowden or Antonio Gibson. So Lynn Bowden is a Kentucky receiver slash he played quarterback last season, um, but 
he was like he's filling in for the injured starter and and did mostly wildcat stuff but he is he reminds me of percy harvin in the open field like electric change of direction really really elusive um just plays mad and then antonio gibson is very very raw receiver slash running back who has 439 speed he's like 228 pounds um, he can play both receiver or running back in theory. And I just, he'd be perfect for the Shannon offense. So those two guys I would absolutely hate to see in the 49ers offense. So that means that you want them. That's, that's all right. That's the filter perfect. we're looking for Danny. <laughs> and lastly, your draft crush. Uh, it's gotta be Bowden. Honestly, it's starting to double up, but, uh, he's just probably one of my favorite players in this entire class. The way he um, works in the open field, makes guys miss. He has like gyroscopic balance. Plays. He, he's pissed off greatness type player, like the Steve Smith style type player. Um, he's just a lot of fun to watch. I've actually noticed like he's picking up kind of a lot of hype over the last like two weeks. So he he has a chance to be like a second or third rounder now, and um, I just can't wait to see where he lands. Excuse me, as I'm jotting down gyroscopic hips into my encyclopedia. Uh, <laughs> or no, gyroscopic roll, balance. Roll, you, you guys forgot to do the rolling ball of, uh, of butcher knives. Yes, that that is that is one. We, you know, we only had so much time, Danny. We yeah, only had true. so much time. We could be here for a while if we wanted to do scouting terms. <laughs> forgot about that face. That's a good one. Oh, it's so that great. face has got to be the best one. <laughs> Sam Darnold. <laughs> yeah. that who it was? Yeah. Yes, it was. Yeah. It was. Oh, man, that's so rude. Oh, man, I love it. Well, Danny Kelly from The Ringer, uh, thanks so much for coming on. If you want to check out his stuff, he's got a big board on TheRinger.com, which is a fantastic read. Uh, you can also catch him on the DK Fantasy Podcast. Danny, thanks so much for coming on. It was a pleasure having you on. Absolutely. Thanks for having me on. All right, David. I think that about wraps it up for this week. That it does. Um, I mean, we're coming up on draft time a week away. Uh, you know, we, I don't think we're going to have any more content between now and then. I mean, I don't know, maybe if we decide we get bored this weekend, we might try to sneak in another, uh, scouting profile on, on Patreon or something like that, but it's possible yeah, I think as but far as pods. That's, uh, that's it till draft. I just signed up for taking care of babies, which basically takes you through your first three months of sleep training. So that's what I'm going to be doing this week. And, and so I probably won't be doing too much additional film work. <laughs> David, get ready. We're living that life, bro. We're living oh, that I life, know, man. It's it's coming quick. We're what? Like I think we're down to seven week, eight weeks. Yeah, yeah, it's... eight weeks. Two months left. Two months left, and then uh, and then we'll be ready to go. Um, yeah. So we will have. We we'll definitely check back in the Patreon for the gauntlet. We've got our scouting profile. We also have got. But well, I think we may even have uh, a live reaction or two. Hopefully, if I can convince you uh, on the Patreon. Uh, as well but we'll do a deep dive analysis of whomever it is the Niners end up with on the draft immediately after the draft so definitely keep your eyes peeled to the feed to make sure that you get what it is uh, that you need from a draft perspective because it's going to be it's going to be a fun one uh, as long as you know we we get that extra running back and punter that David's got to scout this is what we're angling for really is it though no it's really is it nobody's going to be happy with that no no one will we're all we're all I will be a I will be a curmudgeon mostly because I have to stare your angry face um, but you know, I mean, if they take a running back in the first round, I uh, will see you guys in I don't know an indetermined period of time, like yeah. year. Uh, <laughs> we'll, we'll see how long it takes for me to recover. Yeah, about as long as uh, that running back will be good. Uh, so <laughs> <laughs> that about does it for this week's edition of the Better Rivals Pod. Thanks again to our guest Danny Kelly, and, and thanks to y'all for tuning in. And as always, 
Go Niners.